Hey, somebody, somewhere listeners. It's been a while, I know. I'm veering outside the normal release schedule here with some news about a new project I'm working on. I know if you're a true crime fan, you have definitely listened to Crime Junkies at some point. Well, you may not know that Ashley Flowers and the Audio Chuck team have several other original podcasts under their umbrella, too. One of those is a show called Counterclock, written and produced by investigative reporter Delia D'Ambra. The three seasons of Counterclock are truly worth a listen, incredibly well-researched and written, and very much in the Somebody Somewhere vibe. In fact, when I heard the remarkable story Delia wrote in Counterclock Season 3, I reached out to her and Ashley and asked if I could collaborate with them on a Season 4. And just a few weeks later, Delia and I were zigzagging through Central Florida on the hunt for witnesses in another unsolved death. Afterwards, we sat down for a chat about what listeners can expect in the next season of Counterclock. So we are talking to Delia D'Ambra about season four of Counterclock. And so when I first reached out to you about collaborating on Counterclock season four... You were stoked. I was stoked. Because your season three was like so on point, like the story arc, the facts you were able to get, the witnesses you were able to get. I mean, I was super impressed with how that went. And I just reached out as kind of a cold call to you, and then on it went. Yeah, I mean, when the team sent me your email, it was so funny because just like two weeks prior, Ashley Flowers and I had been talking about somebody somewhere, and we said, this is a a cool show, there's three seasons out. You know, I told you before, I I don't listen to all my podcast entertainment. It's not true crime. So I kind of pick shows here and there, and yours was one that she had recommended. So I listened, and I was like, oh, this is great. I really love the flow and everything. And so when we got your email, I'm like, this is David Payne from, like, again, the timing thing um, is so interesting. But I think what I loved about your show is is that same sort of pattern of fact collecting and, and vetting information and kind of carrying the lead as far as you can and even beyond maybe what law enforcement's done. So that's what was a, a cool thing to get your email. And I thought, I went to Ashley, I was like, you know, Counterclock's really in a rhythm, right, of what I've been doing for the last several years, but it would be great to have someone come on and help sort of associate produce, um, at least on the field reporting side, which is such a critical side of the whole process. So that was which very I think much appreciated. It's side, <laughs> and it's the side both of us love to do. I yeah. mean, it's the knocking on doors and it's getting the stories and it's finding the people's voices in these cases, which I find compelling. And knowing how to interview people, I think, is is really what's important. And we, we talk about this as we've been door to door. We kind of have our conversations in between. And you're really preparing to interview someone and you don't know what they're going to say. And so the interview can evolve and change, but at the same time, you really go in with a certain type of of mindset of here's some things we want to accomplish. And and working with somebody who has that same mindset is beneficial because you're able to really kind of put two heads together and be able to speak to someone and get what needs to be gotten, if that makes sense, but also learn new things and then afterwards go, wow, we didn't know that, you know? And it's nice to have someone to talk to about those things that I can't necessarily put in the show. (laughs) And and, uh, just validate, you know. For those of you familiar with Counterclock, Delia's persistence in getting to the bottom of a story is kind of her trademark. But I also believe her ability to find the stories that need to be told is equally her brand. And season four of Counterclock is no exception. 
So this case was one that I heard about while four-wheeling in the woods in Arcadia, Florida, which is a very small town in sort of central area of Florida. And a friend just said, hey, you do mysteries for a living. Why don't you look into this case of this teenage kid? And, you know, we get a lot of case submissions. I get a lot of people wanting me to do stories. So I kind of was like, mm, you know, all right, I'll, I'll look it up. So I Googled it on my phone and it just struck me the age of the victim and the area and sort of the preliminary circumstances that I learned about. And I think just being back there on Joshua Creek that day just made it very real. I felt like, how does something like this happen here and, and nobody hears anything or sees anything? And that's just where it started. And the basic facts of the case that you first learned were that a boy that was 17 years old was found shot and dead in a creek. And so set up the story as much as you want to set it up without giving too much of it away. So John Wells was 17. He was from small town of Arcadia, Florida. He went out to do a chore that he did regularly for his grandmother. He lived on some rural farm property and taken out trash on a four-wheeler and is found hours later dead in the creek. and. Then, you know, a day later, they determined he was actually shot. And so then that changes the investigation into a homicide investigation. And it falls off the radar for so many years until um, a significant change in what is thought to be the truth of how he died. And that occurred in 2017. And so that change really triggers a lot of questions about everything, about everyone who could have been involved, about the integrity of the investigation, what people know, what they don't know. So I think what is gonna make this story so counterclock-ish <laughs> is me trying to answer those questions and presenting the facts in a way that allow the listener to make their own conclusions of what is legitimate and what likely seems to be an error. Do you ever feel like you get pulled to a story for reasons that you don't know? Because I get people who will tell me, you know, I've been waiting for somebody to come talk to me. I think it's always amazing when on the first conversation with someone, someone says like, yeah, no one's talked to me about this in a while. This is wild. But I'm really more intrigued when the people I try and get initial information from are like, I was just talking about this two days ago, a week ago, I haven't thought about it in years. And then here you are, the timing, you know, people can call it destiny, people can call it whatever, but I just think that it's really meant to be. And when you have skills that can amplify that purpose, it all kind of falls into place. Yeah, it and, makes it much more meaningful, right? Yeah. And it's also a reminder as a journalist that these stories and these victims never leave the minds of people. They never leave the minds of the loved ones, but they never leave the minds of the people peripherally in the community, which is invaluable when you're doing a reinvestigation like this. You tend to tell stories that have all these connections that you find, connections to connections. What can listeners expect in season four? they can expect very much the same. It is always a journey. I didn't never anticipate that these cases, any of them would accomplish what they've accomplished. So every season is new and different and it is a different journey for me. So 
they're just along the ride with me. And I think you're going to be challenged and intrigued by this latest ride. Here's the just-released trailer for season four of Counterclock. On July 8, 2003, something happened deep in the woods behind a rural pasture in Arcadia, Florida. Something deadly. Decatur County Sheriff's Office. Uh, 911. I have a problem out here at my house. I need the emergency people of the ambulance. A 17-year-old boy doing chores on his family's farm turned up dead, face down in a creek. They just found him underwater in a ditch near the house. Is there anybody there giving him CPR or anything? No, ma'am. He's been under there a long time. What was his name, your grandson? John Robert Wells. Beneath the surface of what initially came in as a tragic drowning was something far more sinister. Law enforcement couldn't tell me anything yet except for he was found, we thought he drowned, but now there's a bullet wound. I heard a shot, but at that time I had no idea what it was. Have you ever been spoken to by law enforcement? No. This season on Counterclock, I'm turning back the hands of time to reinvestigate what really happened to 17-year-old John Wells. None of it is what it came out as. He didn't take himself over there. I don't believe that for a minute. There's a, a distinct feeling that there is to be no access to any of this. This investigation has forced me to reconsider everything I thought I knew about the victim and the people closest to him. He seemed to be under his grandmother's thumb a lot and very afraid of consequences. Pat asked me, she's like, Patrick, please don't tell him about the gun. Somebody didn't want society to know the real things, did not want the public to know the family secrets. I've had to uncover if family secrets were worth killing for. No motive? Are you kidding me? No motive? They asked me flat out, did you kill him? Because I think you're hiding something from me. I'm not hiding nothing from you. I think you're hiding a whole lot from me there, mister. I'm gonna tell you, that is a big question that somebody needs to find out. Was there a will? Maybe John was in that will. The key to unlocking this complicated mystery lies somewhere in the sequence of events that took place 19 years ago. None of this made a bit of sense that they went down there twice and did not find John. That's the thing is nobody was out there. Nobody knows. Highly probable that this was shot by another and either the individual still was able to move or was transported. Separating fact from fiction has proved challenging especially when so many people in this story don't want the past resurrected. There's the Ford Explorer. Oh my gosh, no way. Let's get a picture of that. That's the Explorer. There are a couple of people over there talking to my neighbor wanting some information. I want somebody to come tell them to stop it however legally you can do it. Over the next 15 episodes, you'll come to know everything that I do and have to make up your own mind. He did not have anything to do with this, nothing. Someone killed him, someone shot him. 
someone drug him down to that water and put him in the water. Are the people responsible for finding the truth concerned or covering up? Somebody's hiding something, and the damn police department are helping them. In the medical examiner system, I think it's no secret that in order to keep your position, you need to keep law enforcement somewhat happy. After nearly two decades, the question no one has answered is what really happened to John Wells? Is there an actual murderer on the loose? God, I hope not. But if there is, that's a lot to worry about. They're afraid of what I might do, what I will do. I don't give a damn who it is. <laughs> They're not gonna live any longer than I'll let them. Counterclock returns Thursday, May 12th, and Audio Chuck is dropping all of the episodes at once so you can binge. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>